There's so much energy from our students as a yoga teacher that we get, you know, I'll have an idea of what I'm going to teach, but then I'll read the room and I'll feel where they need, you know, a little bit more of a nurturing tone, or maybe they need a little bit of a kick in the butt, you know? So when it comes to the teaching aspect of it, it's more of a get out there and just rip the bandaid off and do it. Hello, welcome back. Today we are talking to Stephanie Mitchell. Stephanie is a certified mobile yoga instructor, a corporate wellness provider, and yoga business mentor. And she is helping all of you with yoga businesses out there to niche your gifts, really own your craft, and create the yoga business of your dreams. So without further ado, let's welcome Stephanie onto the show. Hello, Stephanie. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is going to be really good. So do you want to start off by introducing yourself and sharing a little bit about what you do and and who you are? Sure, absolutely. So I'm Stephanie. I'm a uh, 200-hour yoga teacher. Um, I own a business called The Rolling Mats, which is a mobile yoga studio, and uh, it specializes in really, um, you know, growing the the awareness of yoga and making it more accessible for those in the community. So it's very community based. Um, We do a lot of events within the Atlanta area. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, still live here. Um, and then, um, I also work with, uh, yoga teachers more one-on-one through a coaching program that I do offer and, uh, help helping them get their yoga businesses off the ground. So, um, alongside that, I, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a lover of nature. I love being out in nature. I'm a huge traveler, which is why I created a mobile yoga studio so that I could take it to communities and in different areas, different States, Um, and yeah, I just, I love helping people. I love working with people. I love, um, especially with yoga teachers, helping them solve some of the problems that we tend to run into. Mm, I love that. That's so cool to have a mobile yoga studio. I, there's so many questions. (laughs) So that's so incredible. Um, so how did you start doing that? How did it go from, you know, sort of getting certified, becoming a yoga teacher and then transitioning into the, the moving yoga and rolling yoga? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I actually went into my yoga training, pretty business minded. Um, I kind of had an idea of what I wanted to do. I wasn't exactly sure what it was going to be. I mean, of course, I I wanted to do my YTT for a number of reasons um, to get certified, to learn more about the practice, more about the philosophy, to dig deeper into myself, especially during the time in my life that I was at. I was 28 years old and I was jobless at the time. Um, So I I came from the corporate world. I, uh, I lost my job and it was pretty devastating because I, I did love my job. It was very high stress, but I was able to manage that stress because I was an active yoga practitioner. Um, I took my first yoga class back in 2007 when I was in college and it just stuck with me throughout my whole life, not really thinking that it was going to be a profession or a business, but, um, yeah, I, I, I went out West. So I lost my job and I, I went out West and, um, stayed with a good friend of mine and, while I was out there, I had a lot of conversations with him and I had a lot of conversations with my sister, um, who's also a business owner and we're very close. And, you know, she kind of just like put, put the bug in my ear of like, how about you do something with like fitness and wellness? Cause you, you know, you love it. You love yoga. And, um, I said, yeah, that's a good idea. So I just kind of started thinking about it, journaling about it, praying about it. And, um, I just, I thought to myself, well, I think I'm going to go home. I'm going to go back to Atlanta and I'm going to get certified and I'm going to launch a mobile yoga studio. I have no idea what I'm going to do with it. I just know that I want to make the practice more accessible and build community uh, around it. Cause I, I would always hear people say like, I can't do it. I don't have time to do it. I'm afraid to do it. Um, so I started taking my business to uh, breweries actually and um, making it just a little bit more fun and lighthearted and you know, don't take yourself too seriously. And I got a lot of guys on the mat too, which was cool because, you know, they'll do yoga for a beer <laughs> afterward. Um, and it just built really, really awesome community. Um, 
And then from there, I, I started, you know, going into corporate because my audience came, you know, they were nine to fivers and I got a lot of interest in like, we really want to like, you know, bring some sort of wellness to our employees. Is that something that you would do as a mobile yoga studio? And I said, absolutely. And um, it just kind of kicked off from there. Wow. That is, um, that's so cool. And I'm so present to the way that our purpose finds us and being of service and being inspired and serving from that place finds us because the pieces were there and it, and it took, you know, this is the way my mind works. I'm always reflecting and seeing the big picture. And it's like, sometimes we're so lost. We have no possibility, or it looks like we have no options. We don't know what the heck to do. And because source works through other people. Sometimes it's, you should read this book or, Hey, why don't you do something with yoga? And it landed with you. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause someone might say, Hey, you should write a book. And you might go like, eh, but something about the yoga landed with you and one thing after another. And all of a sudden you're bringing yoga to corporate, which <laughs> I have friends, I've had clients in corporate. It can be very high stress. It can be very little time for lunch breaks. It can be sitting at desks all the time. It can be, you know, constantly hustling this presentation, that meeting all day. So to bring it to an environment that needs that so badly to even just simply moving your body, getting mindful, taking some time out, that's such a beautiful, that's such a neat way to bring mindfulness into the corporate world. That's, that's just so cool. So did you start then like you started, you know, seeing, going to companies and, and pitching what you do, or did it kind of come to you uh, once you started going? Yeah, it's, um, it, it started out with the, the very first client I got, you know, came to me and then I, I really realized that I was onto something because the, uh, reward from it was just so amazing from a yogic perspective. Um, and also from a financial perspective, you know, I finally came to a point in my career. I mean, I had been doing community events for about three years before, you know, I started and I mean, I made money from it, but it, you know, it wasn't, that wasn't necessarily the overall goal. Right. Um, but I always knew that that was kind of like the next step. Like, how can I really create like a sustainable and stable, um, you know, living and income for myself and for, you know, my family and through yoga. And, um, so it came to me and then, you know, I just, I kind of took the ball and ran with it. I saw that it was working. I loved doing it. The reviews that I got were just, amazing. You know, most of these people, they, they never practiced before, but they, they loved the aligned base and foundational flow that we would do. So then after that, I just started networking, um, you know, getting out there, created my elevator pitch and, you know, just started telling the world what I was doing. And from there I got contracts with Whole Foods, um, AT&T and a few realty companies around my area or real estate companies around my area. And, um, you know, yeah, they're even, they even followed through with my, my virtual portal as well when we needed to go that route. So, um, yeah, it just started with one client and then I just took it from there and here I am now. That's so beautiful. Not only did it work for you, but all of the people that you've impacted in this time and helped bring space and mindfulness and yoga into, you know, all these people's lives. I love that you said a lot of them weren't yogis already. It was new to them. And I know when I surrendered to yoga, I'll call it because it had called me for years. I'd done random classes, but I was in sort of the boot camp mentality at the time. It was probably about eight years ago. And I just thought it wasn't hard enough yet. It's super hard. <laughs> I always think now, you know, getting up into a headstand or a handstand, holding your own body weight, it's not easy. But anyways, that was the, that was the idea I had of it. And when I had my own sort of healing crisis and my spirit teams just said, do yoga. And it was like, okay, I'll try this. And all of a sudden within two months, I remember saying to my husband, like yoga feels like my religion now. Like it's almost that peaceful place. I find source. I find me, I find space. It's like juicy and self-love and it has me push myself and focus and all of the things that I'd been looking for. It's so powerful. So to kind of bring that into the world of people that don't already have that and are, you know, in corporate or whatever, that is just, 
Yeah. That's just so beautiful. Um, so do you find then as you help yoga teachers that yoga teachers have certain challenges that they come across in that? Like, who do I serve? How do I niche? Do I just, you know, what, what do I do with this beautiful passion that I have? Can you talk a little bit about that? The, the, the struggles you see that yoga teachers face? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I want to preface this with, I was in the same exact place that the yoga teacher, well, a similar place, a similar journey that the yoga teachers that I work with and speak to were on. So I can, I can pretty much relate to it. Um, one of the bigger struggles that I've seen is, you know, as yoga teachers, we want to be yoga for all. We want to be yoga for everyone, right? But when you're trying to run a successful and sustainable yoga and wellness business, that kind of mindset and and um, setup doesn't really work. You know, it's like if you own any business and you're trying to pitch a product, you usually want to start with a group of people to see how that works and then allow that to branch you out into other arenas of the product or whatever industry it is that you're in. Um, so I think that that's one of the larger pieces is that as much as we want to be that, you know, I want to help everybody with this practice, um, merging that mindset of being yogic and being a yogipreneur or a business person is typically like one of the bigger challenges. Um, and I had someone on my team tell me one time, you know, that it's like combining the grace of a dove with the effort of a hawk. So you just kind of have to, and, and, and it's difficult. And I struggled with this because I'm just like, I want to, you know, I don't want to be unauthentic. Like I want to be, I don't want to be desperate. I don't want to be all of these things. So I think really finding that, that mindset and that balance of, you know, being yogic, but still being able to pursue and make a living off of doing what you love because it's 100% possible is one of the bigger things that I find, um, and you know, a, a bigger struggle, a bigger obstacle. And then wanting that, just like, I want to serve every single person. Um, the impact and the value of niching I have found in my own journey and the teachers that I work with have found is, you know, really priceless because when you niche into one area, like I've mentioned before, it opens up a lot of other doors for you. So if you, you know, want to also, you know, work with private clients. Like a lot of teachers come to me and they're like, I want to do retreats. I want to do events. I want to work with private. I want to do corporate. I want to do a YouTube channel. They want to do all of these things. They have this very oversaturated to-do list, which is where I also started. But if you pull it back and you really start to go through that checklist and you start to think like, well, what's going to be, especially just starting out, like what's going to be the best use of my time um, that's going to get me, you know, the reward that I'm wanting, the income that I'm wanting, and then like working that and then connecting with those people that you're working with and then allowing these other doors to open. So like, for example, um, for me, you know, I niched into corporate. I still did my community events because that's where I started, but I really, really put all of my effort, all of my marketing effort and everything like that into corporate. Got really great con uh, contracts, consistent retainer contracts with really awesome companies. And then from there, I got some private clients because I had employees say like, I don't want to work with you just once a week. I want to work with you more, you know? So then that was me going to their home or maybe doing a virtual session with them. Um, and then now it's, you know, spawned me into doing uh, yoga retreats, which I'm doing this year for the first time. So, and that took a while. And that was always, I think, Hosting a retreat is typically on every yoga teacher's vision board. Like they want to do that one day. They want to get to that point. And it's taken me a while to get to that point. But by niching and by really nurturing a specific audience, it's just opened a lot of other doors for my business. So, um, you know, being willing to, to niche, being willing to really hone in on a on one specific audience can sometimes be an obstacle. Mm. Yeah. I see that in a lot of entrepreneurs and my own journey, the amount of times I've heard, like you got a niche and other people saying you don't have to niche. It's this big, confusing thing to a lot of mm -hmm. people, but I definitely see the value in speaking to one person. And then the other thing that was coming up is when you do that, 
like when someone wants to serve everyone, a yoga teacher, because yoga could really benefit anyone, an 80 yeah. year old with no mobility, someone who um, was injured, someone who's 17, just starting on their fitness journey. Like it could benefit anyone. Um, but when you get niched and, and focus, especially this is what you did too, especially on what you can relate to. Like you were in corporate, you had come from corporate. So you almost by default become an expert in that thing that you want to teach to. So it's almost like, instead of sitting there going like, where should I niche often? And I don't, I'd be interested to see what you say to this, actually, how you help people. But often what I'll say to people is like, well, tell me your story. Let's see where your niche is because there's something in your story for who you're going to be able to speak to. And I know that women who have had babies and they find yoga after for strengthening their core and doing this and that they go on to want to help women postpartum. They're going to be so good at that because that's the journey they led. So sometimes that niching not only is good strategy wise, but it also has, you see what you're naturally actually really good at and who you can speak to, which includes increases your confidence sooner too. If you're trying to talk to every man, woman, and child, if you were doing like yoga for single dads, there may always be a little bit of a part where you could still do it, but you're not that you weren't, you're never, you've never been a single dad. So it is uh-huh. that little bit of disconnect, but when you can speak to corporate, you know, exactly what they need. You're going to deliver a higher level because you know it in and out, right? Is that your experience? And how do you help yeah. people define what their niche is? Right. No, that's definitely my experience. And that's a lot of what we focus on um, in the coaching program is, you know, speaking directly to your audience. Um, And there's market research that comes with that. There's experience that comes with that. Um, In terms of helping teachers really discover their niche, I mean, we kind of go, you know, when we first start communicating with one another, we kind of go through the gambit of like what their overall goals are. You know, what are their income goals? Um, where do they, you know, want to take this? Like how often do they want to work? Like, what is their schedule? What is their dream life? What is their schedule that they want? You know, do they, do they want to have more time with family? Do they want to have more free time? Um, and then also, you know, really kind of thinking back, um, in the program, we actually spend more time on it, but even in conversation, you know, I bring up the success journal of, you know, all of the, like thinking back to even like your youngest memory, like in maybe in elementary school, you were, you know, the kid in class that always helped the teacher, you know, clean up after a activity, or maybe you were always the punctual student or the student that never missed any days, you know, so really going back and thinking about all of the things throughout life that you've been really good at and that you've really enjoyed doing. Um, cause for me, when I, when I stepped into more of the coaching role, I really kind of had to take a step back and say, like, am I even qualified to do this? You know? And, and I looked at my own success journal and I just said, you know, and, and I realized that throughout my whole life for my friends, for my family, I've always been the person that they've come to for advice. I've always been the person that they've come to for an honest opinion, uh, for accountability, and, um, you know, also to help them solve the problems that they're going through. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even with that, like I have that kind of experience, um, just kind of showing up as a natural leader, if you will. So, you know, we, 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 it's really kind of diving into like where they are, like where they currently are, say they're currently teaching private clients and they're just, you know, it's not either a making ends meet or it's not consistent. That's usually kind of the thing, you know, like they'll kind of drop off like the whole summer they're going on vacation and they can't, you know, make their private sessions. Um, so we, we take a, a, a deep dive into where they are and then really get into that visualization piece of where it is that they're wanting to be. And a lot of times teachers will come to me and they'll say like, I really want to add corporate corporations to my business model. Some teachers are interested in it, but they don't know what it looks like. And then some teachers are just like, I saw you pop up on my newsfeed and I just want to know more about what you do. So kind of talk to a mix of all three. And if I feel like corporate would be advantageous for them based on where it is that they're wanting to go, what it is that they're visualizing for themselves, then we start to talk about, you know, how that could be possible for them. Mm, That's beautiful. 
So what advice or guidance do you have for those new yoga teachers? I've come across quite a few people recently that are just seekers on their path and yoga deeply resonated. And like you said, you wanted to learn more about yourself. You wanted to dive deeper into what yoga is, your own body. And they realize like, I want to teach this. And there's a few people in mind that I know that are fairly new to it or haven't started the yoga business yet. Cause mm-hmm. they're like, I don't know what I want to do. And to just come out and start doing, you know, it's just, I can imagine like anything it's nervous. It's nerve wracking to think of where to start. So in addition to those beautiful points about niching, where do you start when you've just started and you kind of don't know yet where you see yourself? Yeah. Um, yeah, question. Yeah. Um, I think that I, I would kind of reiterate here, you know, again, like looking back on what you have been really good at, like throughout your life. Um, and what you've enjoyed doing, you know, if you have a side hustle or if you've worked in corporate, you know, what kind of employee were you, what did you excel at? What was your, when I was in corporate, I always had, you know, we always had reviews every six months or annually. So I had a full, I had a document on my desktop and it was called Steph's a badass list. And I would go on there and I would just type out, you know, I would revisit it every like month or so. Like, what did I do? Well, what did I do? Well, this month? You know, I landed a contract. I I traveled to three different states and, you know, worked the event, like made the events happen, you know. So um, I think really kind of reflecting on what your strengths are and asking other people what they feel your strengths are is a really good place to start. So assessing it first, kind of like the success journal, like, okay, you know, what are my main like top three strengths that I see in myself? And then if you've been teaching or if not yet, um, maybe you can ask your, you know, uh, teacher trainer or the teachers that were in your YTT or friends, um, fellow coworkers, you know, ask them like, what do you feel that your strengths are? And not only is that a confidence boost, but it really kind of helps you kind of pinpoint, you know, okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm a natural leader. I'm confident. I, you know, I help people solve problems or maybe if it's a yoga related thing, you know, they feel comfortable with you. They feel like you're approachable. They feel like you're accepting of where they are. So a lot of Mm -hmm. self-reflection do a lot of times, and sometimes we don't want to do it. But I think, you know, if you can just start with just kind of like, you know, knowing your strengths and then asking other people and then, yeah, reflecting on some of those, you know, past accomplishments that you've made and kind of see where that plugs in, you know, and just thinking about what type of person you are anyway. Like, would you rather work virtually or would you rather work in person? Some yoga teachers are enjoying the virtual work while others, not so much. Do you want to work a lot? Do you want to work, you know, minimal? How much money do you want to make? You know, just like really thinking about all of those things. And I could imagine that with yoga teachers, there's got to be a confidence. Like maybe there are some people like anyone, public speakers that maybe come out the gate, like I'm ready, here I go. But most people, there's a confidence curve that sort of needs to happen. And I've been in so many yoga classes and thought, how do they get to the point where they're so confident, where they're, they know their flow. Also, I see a lot of yoga teachers that I gravitate to that infuse their wisdom into it, you know, because it's not just about, okay, put your feet in this type of position. It's about like feeling the grounding down to the earth. And I just noticed that's when I actually get the most out of a, uh, out of a class is when there's that wisdom infused into it too, which feels like it takes probably a little bit of practice to get confident enough. Um, so I know in yoga teacher training, you know, obviously they're teaching you how to lead a class and create a flow. I'm sure that's part of it, but once you're actually done and you're out in the world, what do you see with people starting out and confidence? Do you recommend sometimes just getting out there and doing it to gain those confidence, to see what you like talking about? Or do you think it's more of an internal journey? Like you're saying at the beginning and like, I don't know, how do we build confidence being a yoga teacher? I think in terms of teaching, uh, getting out there and doing it because you spent however long in your YTT for me, it was five months every single weekend for five months. Um, some are intensives and they're like one month. Right. 
So you know that part. Like if you were to really think about it, like you know, you know how to build a flow, uh, you know what the poses are called, you know all of those things. And you don't really, and this is my personal experience, you don't really know what your tie is going to be to it or what you're going to say or how you're going to tell people to ground until you feel the energy of the audience that you're teaching, of the students that you're teaching. From, from our students as a yoga teacher that we get a lot of times you know, I'll have an idea of what I'm going to teach, but then I'll read the room and I'll restorative or they need something more heated or they need, you know, a little bit more of a nurturing tone, or maybe they need a little bit of a kick in the butt, you know? So you, when it comes to the teaching aspect of it, it's more of a get out there and just rip the bandaid off and do it. And so I like to kind of look at it as a musician because a lot of teachers are like, well, if I mess up, you know, it's like the end of the world. Well, you know, guitar players on stage mess up all the time, but you don't realize it. You know, singers might mess up words, but you don't realize it. Like you're, they're not going to necessarily know. You just pick right back up. You don't apologize for it. You forgot to do something. You just, oh, hey, let's do this, you know. Um, and that's how you learn too. That's how you learn to be better with your verbiage, with your cueing, um, because being, being able to really verbalize, you know, and help, cause there's going to be a wide range of people in your classes, especially if you're in corporate, there are a lot of them are going to be beginners. So you really have to get comfortable with, you know, speaking the modifications, so laying out the pose, but then telling them three other ways that they could do the pose if that doesn't feel comfortable for them. Um, and you really don't learn that until you just get out there and do it. Mm, I love that. And I've been in classes with people. I'm thinking of one a couple of years ago, pre-pandemic, where the girl was very obviously very new. Like it almost felt like maybe this is the first one she's led outside of her teacher training. And she was a bit insecure, but what she had to offer really worked and was really beautiful. And I, I, I kept sensing her, like you said, don't apologize. She was like, Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. And that almost made it a little bit more awkward than her just like being new and trying. And because I've been new at a million things and I'm always new at new things. And I give myself that grace. I didn't judge her at all. I actually thought like, good for you. That must be kind of nerve wracking your first 20 classes or whatever, I'm sure for a lot of people are scary. So it's almost like just pushing through that. Like we are all new yeah. at some point people in your class have often seen a new teacher or have been new at something. Like we all need to learn how to ride a bike. Like it's okay. Not letting that stop you, not letting that get too much in your head, much like a musician. My husband's actually a professional musician and his nerves used to hold him back when he was younger until he learned to just be like, F it. I'm going to literally sing my song and I just got to give it. Cause that's when people get the best of me, but he had to work through those nerves. So I love that you teach, like you say, you know, talk to that saying, you just got to get out and do it and get more comfortable as you go. Cause we all, like, I look back to my first Facebook lives or my first group programs. Like I was awkward. Yes. It was that weird stage where I look back and go, I'm surprised someone even paid me. Like my content was cool, but I was awkward and I, we just need to push through, you know, we just need to push through. And I love that you're, that you're speaking to that. That's beautiful. You, right. You get more comfortable. Um, the more you do it, just like with Facebook lives, my first few, like my first year of doing Facebook lives, I look back at those and I, I felt when I look at that, I'm like, man, <laughs> I kind of awkward watching it, but I did it. And, and, and it impacted a lot of people. And to this same point of like teaching, you know, there it's different, like teaching and running a business are different. But oftentimes there's teachers that say, you know, well, I want to get more comfortable with teaching before I like they want to do they want to, you know, like, I know I know I want corporate to be my audience, but I want to get more comfortable with teaching first. But they're two opposite, you know, things that you again, like the dove and the hawk you bring together. So allow yourself to get comfortable with teaching while you're building and manifesting your vehicle that's going to help you keep it 
a sustainable business model for you, whatever that looks like. Maybe you just, I mean, maybe you're not trying to make a ton of money off of it. You know, maybe you just want to like have a sustainable, like $1,500 a month or $500 a month from it. Maybe it's more. I mean, I work with a range of teachers um, in regards to what that number looks like, but go ahead and start working on that vehicle while you're teaching your friends and family or you're teaching at an LA fitness or a, or a studio, you know, go ahead and start building that vehicle to, to get you to that destination that you're wanting. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's like, you know, when I get healthy, I'll start exercising right. or when I have the money, I'll hire the person or when I'm confident, I'll show up on Facebook. It's like, yeah, it feels very legit in your mind. That sounds logical, but it's definitely not the way it works. And mm-hmm. you can't build confidence sitting at home. You know, like one, someone said it at some point on my seeker journey and it hit me. It was like, confidence is not created in meditation. Comfort confidence is created through action. And it was like, whoa. Oh, because we kind of think if we go inside enough, we'll find that inner teacher and we'll show up to the class and we'll powerfully teach it. And it's like, yes. And (laughs) that comes through practicing. And as you find your inner teacher, it's like a two-part journey. We can't just do one, uh, without the other. That's really beautiful. So what else do you, um, what nuggets do you have for those yoga teachers out there that are looking to take it to the next level? And I know my audience, it's like, we need permission to come outside the box. A lot of people, whether they're healers, coaches, intuitives, whatever, a lot of people feel like I need to be doing this like everyone else is. Mm -hmm. So is there any other nuggets of wisdom for people to be finding their way and their style as a teacher? Mm -hmm. Well, I do just kind of want to quickly piggyback off what you were saying about meditation. Um, the meditation is what helps keep you grounded while you're taking the action. So that's like, your kind of like your safe home, you know, like every morning I, I meditate on, you know, my intentions and then I, I review my to-do list and, you know, I intend to stay focused on where it is that I'm going, you know, for that day, for the action steps that I need to take. So think of it kind of in that way of, this is a nugget, I guess, of letting, letting the meditation. Cause a lot of, you know, sometimes, especially yogis, we get into this, this, mindset of, well, I'm just going to manifest and I'm going to pray and I'm going to meditate and it's going to come to me. It's going to come to me. You know, I don't really have to worry about it, but that's only part of the journey. You have to take action and you can't like, you, you have to, to have like excitement of messing up Mm. from that mess up, you know? And for me, And this is what I tell all the teachers that I work with. The only form of failure is either quitting or not doing anything at all. That's the only way that you're going to fail. Because even if you think like this one audience is just going to be great for you and then you start doing it and it ends up not being exactly what you're wanting. Well, you're still building connections. You know, you're still, again, building that vehicle to move the car in the direction that you're wanting it to. So you then have that, that discipline and that taking action to, you know, make the the necessary pivot if you have to, but by holding back and just saying like, "Mm, I need more hours. I need more, uh, teaching. I need more, um, manifesting and meditation before I can actually start my, what I really want to do. You know, that is, I think that's a lot of, of fear speaking because we're afraid to jump out there and just take action. Um, but it's, it's like that quote, you know, leap and the net will appear. You just have to start and you want to start with small steps. It doesn't have to be these like gigantic steps. If you want to niche into corporate or to private, uh, clients or to retreats, start with market research, read some articles, see what's going on, see what the need is. And then from there, you can say like with my strengths and the way that I help all of the people in my life and my students, I know that I would have a great impact, you know, on this, this cluster of people. Um, and then, you know, just going to the drawing board and coming up with, with different ideas. Um, that's taking action, you know? So I would just say, you know, use that, that meditation and manifestation as, as like part of your, 
like the wheels, you know, like that's, that's the grounding, but then you've got to start driving the car. <laughs> you got moving um, all of that be- beautiful, you know, intention that you're releasing to the universe. You got to start really implementing it because the universe rewards work. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm also getting like, if you are passionate about postpartum and say, you think you might want to do some online, it's almost like just host it, just start putting it out there. And and when people join, and sometimes it's only one or two people at first, I've had free events or paid programs that only a couple of people sign up. It is part, sometimes it can be part of the learning, but asking those people, what did you, like you said, market research, what did you enjoy? What do you need more of? Maybe even yeah. an intake form going like, what are you dealing with? Okay. Tight hips, sore, low back, you know, hunch shoulders or whatever. And kind of just like you're saying, just diving in and getting to learn your craft and your people as you go. And I, I think that's so beautiful because that is the way life works. The universe does definitely reward action. I a hundred percent agree. And that fear is what stops us. And I, I just see that over and over again, um, when people are starting businesses and they want to help other people, it, the biggest thing is like, who am I to do this? There's a hundred other more polished yoga teachers out there, more niche, flashier images, bigger Instagram following or whatever it is. Right. And it's like, you, you have to start, you have to keep doing the research and keep honing your skill. And I just love that. That's the way that you teach and speak to that because there's so many people that have incredible gifts. And if we don't get to see those gifts, you're robbing all of us of your medicine, right? Just because you're scared and it's, it's legit, it's scary. And you're meant for this, (laughs) you know, you have to just get out and do it at some point. Right. And you're, it's going to resonate with someone, you know, Mm -hmm. and yes, asking anybody that you work with, like what they want more of what they're going through right now, because you want to speak the language of your audience. You want to be able to authentically resonate with it. And you want to be able to speak it back to them that you are going to help them get from you're going to be the bridge, right. To get from point A to point B. So yeah, getting out there and doing it and, and really like, you know, if you have some, some fallbacks, like not looking at it as failure, you know, just looking at it as it's, it's a learning curve, like, okay, this didn't work, you know? So now I'm maybe need to try this instead, or maybe this audience just isn't working for me. What else could I be good at? You know, um, because it's not the entrepreneurship of any kind, whether you're a yogi or a wellness professional, um, whatever it might be, it's not the easy road. You know, it's it's not the easy road. Um, and and there's a lot of for me anyway, there's a lot of excitement for that because I can constantly reinvent myself into anything that I want, you know, as long as I'm being truthful to, to myself and authentic and also to my audience. And you will reinvent yourself. I think ask anyone who's been in business for two or more years, have you pivoted? (laughs) Those people that have been doing something for 10, 15 years, have you pivoted? It's like, yeah, every year I pivot because I, I change. And even if you stick with corporate, you're going to build new skills. You're going to have new angles. You're going to have new, you know, experiences for your people that you have to give yourself that time to transform. You don't come out the gate as the powerful leader, 20 years down the road. It takes that time. Not that it has to take that time to make money or be successful, but it does take time to continue to grow into who you are as a teacher, as a leader, no matter what that is. Um, and I love that. It's like, we just need to give ourselves that space and, um, dive in and keep researching, keep pivoting, keep adjusting what feels good for you. What feels good for other people. I love that. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd like to ask about corporate and just, you know, personally, what do you find why corporate and what is so rewarding about it for you? What do you feel like the difference is when you come into the corporate, a company and really make the impact you're here to make? Right. Well, I just find that it's an audience that really, really needs it. And it's also an audience that is, that can be very easily motivated. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, you, you have, I've, I've taught corporate classes before where people were super timid and they came up to me and they're just like, I got to admit, like, I'm scared. Like I've never done this before. And like, I'm worried about what it's going to do. And, but they came because their coworkers were like, come with me, you know? So it becomes more of this like team camaraderie 
kind of kind of um, hour for them, which corporate's lacking, especially with everything being virtual. So, um, and then at the end of it, that same person comes up to me and says, I feel so much better. I feel so much better. My, you know, I feel like my mind is more clear. I can go back to my desk and finish out my work day. And, you know, I, I feel lighter. And that is really where the reward comes is people coming to me, telling me that I made a significant impact. The class that was led made a significant impact on their workday. So I can only imagine that that also significantly impacts their home life. Mm -hmm. They go home on Thursday after we had the yoga class, you know, after lunch, they went back, they finished off the three hours that they had left or so, and then they go home and they still feel relax. And then I have a lot of them say that, you know, they go home and they, they stand in mountain pose, like I show them to just to reground, or they do legs up the wall before they go to bed and they sleep so much better. So, you know, it's, I guess, having that audience that really actually listens to you because they really actually need it. When you think about people, and I mean, I'm, I I know this sitting desk all day, or if you have a job that requires travel, you're sitting at your desk and then you're getting on a plane or you're sitting in a car. Um, and a lot of times, like you and I had talked about earlier, you know, corporate employees are typically on autopilot. They're on autopilot at the, at the office and then they remain on autopilot at home. They're just doing things. They don't even have necessarily any mindfulness, awareness or intention around it. They just know that they need to get to this meeting, the next meeting. They need to you know, finish this project, finish this proposal. They got to go home feed the kids, make sure the husband or wife is happy, watch TV, read a book and go to bed. You know, it's just that same kind of constant. So bringing in like the awareness and the mindfulness that the actual practice, and I talk about it a lot when I actually teach my classes, um, has a huge impact on the corporate world more specifically. And so that's, that's a huge reason that's, that's kept me going with it. And as I mentioned before, it's, you know, it's really, if you can pitch your services to corporations, you can pitch your services to anyone. Mm. There's some of the more, you know, they're, they're a little bit more difficult. You know, you really have to, again, speak their language, understand what's going on. They love numbers. They love statistics. They love percentages. I was going to um, say, show them the ROI. And <laughs> yeah, show them the ROI. Yeah, exactly. Uh, show them the credibility that you have, even if you haven't taught a corporate class, right? If you've taught classes, if you've taught private clients, get reviews from them. Mm-hmm. You know? So if you're approaching a corporate client, go to them with these reviews to show them or put them on your website or your Facebook page to show them that, you know, I'm actually making an impact on people's lives. Like your employees could have this same feeling after my classes. Um, but for me, like I, you know, I enjoy the, the challenge that it does bring. And, um, over the years I've just become really good at it. So, um, I help other teachers really embrace that as well. You know, that trying to get your yoga classes out there or pitch yourself as a yoga teacher is going to be challenging for any audience, you know, um, why not, focus in on an audience that's going to bring you a lot of reward as a teacher and also fill your bank account a little bit more um, reoccurringly and substantially. That's yeah. Great points. Also, I can imagine, you know, any company that's going to hire you, especially if it's ongoing, you're supporting companies that support the wellness of their employees. Right. Mm-hmm. And I've heard that with certain people that work for certain companies, obviously how you treat your employees is everything. And those companies that really value their employees, mental and physical health, especially in corporate where there can be companies that are just like more hours, work harder, deadlines, go, 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 not seeing these people as humans and, you know, asking them to work until 8 PM means they miss their kid's bedtime or whatever. You're Mm -hmm. automatically getting into companies that to some degree value what's behind the scenes in the person. And even if it is to get them to be more productive, at least it's like nurturing their employees, which is just sort of like a, a, a side angle. I think it was, um, Google. I've heard people that work for Google that say that they have like 
paid, like they give them lunch every day. And there's like a basketball court in Google headquarters that they're encouraged to take a break and go play basketball. And they have, you know, therapy that's taken care of and blah, 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 on and on. And people love working for them because they care about their employees. So also you're supporting companies who support their employees, which yes. I think is like, as a, as someone who wants to make an impact, it's like impact on impact on impact. There's a ripple effect. They're choosing right. to focus on corporate. Yeah. It's a genuine and authentic yeah, way. And that's, it's funny that you say that too, because, you know, off, we start with, you know, companies that, that, that teachers are interested in or people that are on their warm market list that they can reach out to, you know, we start with researching the company and the first place that we go is their mission statement. What is their mission? What value, you know, do employees come top of the list and like, do those values align with you, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, it, just because there might be one company that you really want to get into and it doesn't work out, there's a zillion companies out there, right? So really aligning with the mission, understanding what the company is bringing to the table for their employees and to the world in general um, is, is, is really where we start uh, so that we can align before we even get on a call, before we even send an email with that company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's and, so beautiful. and I just got back, like I told you from, from France and France and Germany, both, they require their employees to take they, they require them to take four weeks off a year. Like they have to, it's a requirement um, to rebalance, to spend time with their family, you know? And I think that that's such a great incentive. Yeah. That's so beautiful. That's um, I love that. Oh, so good. So is there anything else that you want to mention? I would love to hear about your retreat, but is there any last nuggets for the yoga teachers out there looking to build successful businesses or have, you know, similar goals and visions of doing retreats and making an impact in the Mm -hmm. world? Yeah. I mean, I would say, you know, really reel in on your focus. Um, there's a sutra, I can't remember the exact number or exactly how it's worded, but it talks about how you can either go out into your yard and dig a bunch of shallow holes, or you can go out into your yard and you can focus on digging one hole and eventually you strike gold. You have to have the patience, you know, and it might be day after day of you going out and digging in that same hole, but instead of just giving up because you haven't found it, just keep digging. Because if you have, a zillion shallow holes in your yard. I mean, your yard's not going to look very pretty, right? So um, just really focusing in on, again, doing some of that self-reflection, doing your own market research, talking to people in your network, whether it's family or your CPA, your hairdresser, you know, finding out what, what, what their needs are, finding out what their family's needs are, Um, I I've gotten contacts before from neighbors who, you know, stay at home moms, whose husbands work in corporations and they tell me like, you know, he's burnt out all the time and he comes home and he's not really present, you know, so I get business cards so that I can start, you know, working my way up the, up the chain. So I guess to kind of sum that up is a nugget of gold. And this is what I say in the elite corporate yogi program all the time is, you know, people know people. Mm. So, you know, tell people what you're doing. The more you tell people what you're doing, like that's where that focus and like really realizing what you want to do and then going out into the world and telling people it's going to resonate with some, maybe not resonate with others, but that's okay. You're not meant to resonate with everybody, right? So, um, yeah, just don't be shy to, to, to speak your truth and to speak who you are and what you do. I love that. That's so good. There's so many things we could apply that wisdom to as well. <laughs> Thank I you. I know it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So tell us about your retreat. Yes. Yeah, so I'm leading my first yoga retreat uh, about it. Um, I am partnering with another local uh, Atlanta yoga teacher um, and it is going to be in June. It is June 10th through the 14th. And it is a land and sea yoga retreat. So we are actually going to, she is a SUP yoga teacher. Um, she's 500 hours. She's fabulous. Um, so we're going to be doing some SUP classes. They will be all levels. So do not fear. Um, and I'm going to be teaching the uh, beach yoga. So it's all 
inclusive. Um, so you get three meals a day, you get two yoga classes a day, and then we also have excursions included uh, in the price as well. So it's in Costa Rica. Um, and I, I'm very, very jazzed about it. And this all happened because I niched. So. Wow. Oh, that sounds so amazing. Costa Rica is so incredible. I've been there twice and it's somewhere, you know, I will continue to go. It's so beautiful. I can imagine a yoga retreat there and doing the stand up paddleboard and beach yoga and meals. It just sounds so, so beautiful. So you said June 10th, June 10th, the 14th. Nice. Okay. I'll make sure to put the link in the show notes to everybody listening. Um, if this resonates with you, make sure to check that out and check out Stephanie's work. Um, thank you so much for coming and sharing your message today. I know this is going to help a lot of people and it's something that's beautiful because I'm not a yoga teacher, so I can't, obviously I'm not you, I can't speak to this like you can. And I just know this is going to be a beautiful aspect that it's going to hit a lot of my audience. Cause this is a struggle that I, I do see and your it's your zone of genius. So thank you so much for sharing that and uh, being on the show today. Thank you. And thank you for allowing me to, and if it helps one yoga teacher, 10 yoga teachers, a hundred yoga teachers. I'm, I'm glad to be here and uh, sharing my journey and, and what's been working. So I, I, um, that's why I'm here. So thank you for letting me share. Oh, you're so welcome. And for people to find you online, where do you like to hang out? Where can we go find you? Yeah. So I do have a Facebook group, um, for those that might want to join, it's called mastering the corporate yoga biz. And, um, I'll make sure you have that link back to it, but it has a lot of really great trainings that I've done over the years. Like I said, the going live on Facebook, that was kind of where I got my start with all of that. Um, so it's got some really great trainings and it's a beautiful community. We have almost a thousand yogis there. Um, so it's a great place to learn a little bit more about me and my work and how I work with others. You can also, uh, hear success stories of some of the, uh, yoga teachers that we've worked with in the program. Um, and if there's anything specific, you know, once you join the group, if there's anything specific that, uh, you're looking for, I can tag you, I can easily tag you in a training that you can get some really good, um, insight from. All right. Well, thanks again, Stephanie. This has been so beautiful. I know it's going to help people and thanks for living your purpose, living your mission, continuing to show up to teach others how to show up. Meanwhile, helping a lot of people in corporate and outside of corporate. So thanks so much for doing that for the world. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I genuinely hope that it helped you in your life and it inspired you. If you want to find more from me and my guests, make sure to check the link in the show notes, find us on Instagram, find us on Facebook. I am at Talia Joy Manifestation. Make sure to take a screenshot that you're listening to the show. Come and tag us over on Instagram. Let us know your takeaways. We love to hear about people manifesting their dream lives. So make sure to check the link in the show notes. There are also some free goodies down there for you. I'll see you in the next episode.